welcome and thank you for joining the The Wonderful Experience podcast. The The Wonderful Experience is a journey to wholeness, to destiny, to our purpose. It is an action with no shortcuts, so we must trust the process. <laughs> Hi, I am Dewanda, and each month I want to bring us together to explore our transformational journey and how we get there. And so um, this month we're going to be talking about wholeness and our call to purpose. Today we have a special guest. We have Mr. Randall Duff with us. Randall will discuss his call to purpose. And so Randall is a husband, a father. He's committed to making them first in everything he does. He lo his love for God grew at an early age when he was asked to attend church with his great-grandmother. She helped him pave the way for God in his life, so much so he began to play church at home. <laughs> Later in childhood, the native Alabamian grew to learn and love taking care of those around him. He was afforded the opportunity to care for his great-grandmother and later at the age of 13, his sister from a tragic house fire accident. These were pivotal moments in his life, moments that led him to find passion in nursing and nursing others back to health. As a graduate of the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, he has continued a successful career of caring for those in need in intensive care. He currently resides in Texas and is a nurse manager at a pristine medical center. Even though he does not provide direct patient care all the time, he is able to live out his call to ministry. Called to those on their physical sickbed as well as their spiritual sickbed. This call has allowed him to not only minister to patients, but to those that are around him when presented with their problems. Since being in Texas, he has served his local church in North Dallas for, for the past eight years. Since being there, he has utilized his medical knowledge and worked with the medical ministry. But most recently, he graduated from the Potter's House School of Ministry as a licensed minister. What he enjoys most about this time in his life is that he gets to see both sides of ministry, both in the church and at the hospital. Minister Randall is pleased to do life with his beautiful wife, Maisha, and their wonderful children, J.L., Jillian, and Jackson. He is the second oldest of three children born to Albert and Jeanette Duff. Randall considers sincere family values the foundation of his life. Both his parents has been a pillar in teaching him to live through the adversity of life. Well, thank you, Mr. Rando, Minister Rando Duff, for joining us. Hey, thank you. It's actually very good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, and I hope that me just sharing the smallest, not the smallest, but a small portion of, of my life and my purpose and my call, I hope that it can help someone. If that's just one person, then my purpose on this earth has been fulfilled. So I appreciate the opportunity for sure. No, thank you. I tell you, your bio was very inspiring and just how you kind of 
laid out your journey to your call to purpose. So thank you. And with that, our first question. I hear often, you know, that people are led to their purpose through their passion. But you spoke of adversity. Can you elaborate on that? I can. So I'm thinking, um, even when I when I think adversity, I think trouble, I think trauma, I think responsibility that didn't that does not necessarily belong to a child. And so I say that is because I gained a level of responsibility at a very early age. And that was, even though I was afforded the opportunity to help take care of my great grandmother, I felt led to want to give her, her insulin shots. I felt led to um, at the age of like seven or eight, um, I was with, with my great great grandmother. But my grandmother, um, like she she challenged me. She said, "My great grandmother's at home in her hospital bed, and she was like, I need to use the restroom.' So, at a, as an eight year old, I saw my grandmother do it one time, and so I took it upon myself to roll my grandmother over, you help her use the restroom. I did all kinds of things that I that a child should not have done. So. Maybe that wasn't adversity at first, but the second most pivotal event in my life was, I think, seeing my nine-year-old sister go through the tragic incident of, of having our house burn, and she was trapped in for what felt like an eternity. Um, but at that age, I became a full-time caregiver. Um, and so not only was I a full-time caregiver, I was still in school. Um, my mom was the only one working. I was cooking dinner for everyone in the house. Um, my dad um, was in and out, shall I say. Um, and now I, I don't mind speaking on that, and he didn't mind, but there was a time frame where he was very intoxicated, whether it be, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, whether it was just somewhere else but in the house. And so um, in that time of adversity where I bore a lot of the weight as a child, um, I found passion and that passion was serving people and serving those that are around me. And so that's why I can say I found my purpose through adversity. I found it through having to carry a burden that I didn't know how to carry, but I, I, I took it on because I saw the need and I learned and it grew with me. And to this day, if you know me, you know that I'll help you if you know me, to know you know that I'll cook for you. To know me, you know that I will I will sit and tour with you and talk you through any situation that could. And in that moment of adversity, my prayer is that you walk away knowing that God still loves you and that he will see you through. I got a couple of takeaways from that. One, it sounds like your grandmother knew a little something, right, to um, have you assist with your great-grandmother. And I think grandmothers are very pivotal pivotal in our um, our growth and who we grow up to be. And, you know, as grandee, I hope to, <laughs> to do the same thing with my grandchildren. And the second thing is, I know you love to cook, and you haven't cooked for me yet, but I'm not going to go there. You know, I know the green team, we're, we're, we're waiting, but okay, we're so. Do it. <laughs> can I oh, can I say something? Because um, sure. I want to shout I want to shout out my grandmother. Um, even though she has reached she she passed away during COVID, but she was very instrumental in me getting into nursing school. Mm -hmm. In me, when she found that out, that's what I wanted. And outside of maybe doing business, 
I knew leaving high school that I wanted to be a nurse. So I lived my passion since I left high school. Like I knew taking care of people was what I was supposed to do. And I know so many people try and find their, their way. And like, I don't know what I want. I knew what I wanted to do. I absolutely knew and I did it. And I've been a nurse now for 16 years. Awesome. Awesome. So now um, you spoke on transitioning to Texas. How, how was that transition? And did that play into continuing your purpose? Or was it, hey, I'm moving to Texas and um, and this is why, like, this is my, my calling. This is part of my purpose. I have to be in Texas to okay. do this. <laughs> okay. So again, I grew through adversity. And so my journey to Texas was prompted by miscarriage. Hmm. And so in that my wife and I, we were obviously pregnant and we miscarried and I, I had a moment of after we got through the process and we were trying to heal through it, um, I just had a, a come to Jesus moment. I was like, okay, Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Even though nursing is what I'm supposed to do, there's something more, there's something greater. And it was as if God was like, you know, go, it's, it's all I heard. And so, and I, I thought about the messages that my wife and I have talked about and we've read and stuff that we've talked through and um, we was like, well, hey, we want to travel the world. And I said, well, why not let me use my nursing, my purpose, my call, all that I know. Um, why not let me use that and let us see the world? And we went to two different states, first California, and we were like, no. And then we made it, <laughs> we made it to Texas and um, God gave us instructions to settle. We sold everything we had in Alabama and we follow God. And so since being there, we've, we've been able to, um, we've been able to find ourselves. I, again, started over in a new hospital and this is how I began to find myself. And I started in a year's time. They're like, Hey, we need you to step up and do more things. And so I found that and, 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 um, and I found myself by year three of the hospital, I had switched jobs and I promoted up and then I stayed on that job for two years and then it was time for another promotion. So I promoted up and then I stayed there for almost two years and I promoted up again to the nurse manager. So I always find um, where I am supposed to be no matter what. And I want to talk, I want to make mention of one thing. And that was when I was in nursing school and I was finishing up nursing school, I was very dedicated to the things of God. And I really wanted to make him happy no matter what. It was so, it was so eerie because it, it kind of crippled me because I didn't want to move unless God said move, mm -hmm. but then I didn't really operate in much faith because I was like, I want to be so codependent and I understand that, but it wasn't until I chose to fast to say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And I think because I was so um, diligent or I'm so determined to hear, I prayed and I asked the Lord, you know, one day in a fast, and I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He said specifically, um, no matter where you go, I will prosper you. And so, and every hospital that I've worked at, I've always been able to either, either promote up or be successful enough that 
I can represent God in multiple, multiple ways by the people that I take care of, the meetings that I have to go to, or that I'm invited to go to. So, um, yeah, so that that's how I still found my calling here in Texas by by the by adversity, but also letting God lead once I took that leap of faith. And that's what it took. I love that. And so that brings me to my next question. Okay. You talked about, you know, helping people in their physical sick bed as well as their spiritual sick bed. When did you realize like the two were intertwined and, and how did you relate the two? And because we hear you talked about, you know, I bring God to work with me. Like, yeah. what was that like for you? Okay, so very good question, um, because it's hard for me to explain this to some people, um, because sometimes I don't know if it makes sense, but it makes so much sense to me. So I think the physical sick bed and the spiritual sick bed can sometimes be one and the same. And so the more I learned to take, to take care of sick patients, and again, I was an ICU nurse, or am an ICU nurse, and and taking care of them and seeing the, the the mental state that they're in, not knowing if they'll make it, not knowing if they will come through, not knowing if they'll pull through, if you'll have to rush them to surgery without them knowing, it puts you in a place of wondering, are they where God needs them to be? Um, and not only that, they brought a, a sense of urgency for me because sometimes I didn't know what to do. Sometimes the doctors didn't know what to do. And so I took that upon myself to say, okay, Lord, you assigned these two patients to me today. I don't know what's going on with them. The doctors are having trouble figuring out. And so I will begin, I will start off my day in the room praying as I worked, as I checked on the ventilators, I pushed medications, Lord, help me to understand what's going on with this patient. Help me to see what I need to see. You know, not only that, but save them. I'm not sure where they are when they're with you, but I need you to be with them while they're under, while they're sedated, while they're on the ventilator. They don't know whether, I don't know what land they feel like they're in. And so when I began to see that and I began to see improvement, and I want to say it was because I prayed. I want to say it's because I believed for that patient. And so I began to see how one affected the other. Um, and so I, I, I saw it. And I active, uh, and I ran after that. And so for me, um, I'm okay to walk down the street and I see someone that's struggling to to breathe, or they look like they may be having a stroke. I want to help them, so I'm called to do that. But also now that I've made my way into the church, and the Lord has also elevated me in church, and not to a position, but He's allowed me to to reach people. Um, I'm okay to walk up to someone and say, Hey, I don't, you don't feel like you don't look like you're well, you know, you look troubled in your mind and your thought, you know, let's talk, let's figure out what's troubling you. And so for me, they do intertwine. Sometimes I get to do them separately, but sometimes I get to do them together when I'm talking to my patients, those that can talk back. And, you know, it's like, I just hope God pulls through and it's like, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about God pulling through for you. You know, what do you believe? And so it, it leads me into being able to have good conversations with um, patients um, so much so that I've had, I've had the opportunity to lead even some of my patients to Christ. So I'm grateful for that. Awesome. And I say it's definitely needed. I know um, you never really think about it until you're in that situation 
and I believe it was 2018, my daughter was in the hospital for a week and they didn't know what was wrong with her. Yeah. But if she ate a piece of ice, she would throw up for 20 minutes and it was it was horrible. And so they then they were like, well, let's feed her some jello. Well, then they fed her red jello and she she thought she was throwing up blood, but that is the um, cardinal rule. That's the cardinal rule. You do not feed not anyone in the hospital red. You do not. <laughs> but the nurse was also a believer. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they're giving her medicine and her IV. And, and I'm, I'm about, you know, God created doctors for a reason. But I sat in there and, and you know, I'm like, I'm about to pray for her. And the nurse is like, okay. And she stood in there while I prayed for her. And then, um, you know, Maya felt better. Afterwards, I'm like, okay, let's get up. We got her in a shower and we walked around that hospital floor just praying. And the nurse was kind of like off in the background, like raising her hand. And um, we saw an improvement. And she came home, you know, a couple of days later. But it was... Um, encouraging that the nurse was there right along with us believing and praying for her healing so now i want to transition to your family your beautiful wife your children i think all of them are gifted how did you navigate being from alabama with your family in alabama and now you know three children later and you're walking into your purpose. Your wife is walking into her calling and, and her profession. And, you know, uh, your daughter has written a book. Like, how have you guys navigated all of this? <laughs> I'm going to say by the grace of God. Um, <laughs> um, I Sometimes my, I listen to my mother-in-law talk about us. And she's, she comes to visit and help us sometimes because we have so much going on. We have to call in reinforcement. But um, she says, y'all, it's like y'all run a military here, you know. <laughs> but I say balance is what it is, you know. I will say even in finding my my nursing career, because I've been in nursing so long, the only true adjustment that I have to make with that is what shift am I going to work? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's probably the hardest thing, or it was now, but now that I'm in, in a different role, my role, my times are consistent. But I will say when, when finding my call and purpose and wanting to solidify and put a name to it, because I've been ministering for years now, but now that I actually had a chance to license it, like that took a lot out of us because it took me away in the morning and in the evenings, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had to find that balance. And, you know, my wife, I mean, I had to sacrifice a lot of time with my kids, a lot of time with my wife. And so I will say navigating that was us finding the balance that worked for us. And so for me, we had classes on Thursdays. Well, I know sometimes I would get off at work at seven and I would leave at six so I can make it by seven and don't get home until 10. And I stay an hour away. So, <laughs> so I would make sure that I, I gave her her time once I got home. So if Friday I'm off, it's like, go get your nails done, you know, go and have just you time, leave me with the kids. And so I think finding that balance and, and navigating through it. And, and it, a lot of those days, we it was hard. Some of those days we didn't talk to each other because the tension was so great, but we stay committed to each other, but also to committed, also committed to knowing that 
she has a purpose in life. She has a call in life. And part of her journey, she'll have to tell that another time for herself, but is ministry as well, um, along with mine. So we knew it. And sometimes you just have to take, not a back seat, but a pause and let the other one get what they need. And then, and so that's where we are. So right now, I'm kind of not necessarily paused, but I'm maintaining. So now my wife gets to come to Alabama. She's doing a Broadway show here. Um, multiple things that we just interchange. We take turns. And I think that's the biggest thing. That is awesome. I love it. I love the balance and um, the communication. And I know, like you said, sometimes you didn't communicate, but you all had to communicate to strike <laughs> that right balance. Absolutely. So now... If you could offer up a challenge to our listeners, what would you challenge them to do? Hmm. Okay. I would say find that, that, um, that responsibility or that pain or that, that trauma or whatever it is, whatever your it is, and find it, locate it, acknowledge it, bring awareness to it, grow through it, and find your purpose in that. Um, I think for me, I know everyone's journey is different, but, um, and I only got to tell just a small portion of my story on how I got here, but if you can find your purpose in your in the midst of your pain, I promise you, you'll never forget what it is. You'll never have to question God on what am I here to do, but Lord, why did I go through this? Why did I have to experience this? How can you get glory from this? And I think if you ask God those questions, and you mean it sincerely, he will show you exactly why, and he'll show you exactly how to use it to bring him bring him glory. And that's what I that's what I strive to do. That is awesome. And I challenge you, I challenge you, whoever's listening, to do the same. You know, find it. I know it's hard to to remember what you've dealt with. It's hard to relive it. But I think you if you relive it with the mindset of I want to grow through it. I think that's how you'll find that journey to wholeness and you'll be able to talk about it and say, Hey, I was molested, but I want to make sure no one else goes through that. And if you do, I want to support you through it. Or, Hey, my parents divorced and I want to help you through that. And, you know, but sometimes we just don't want to talk about those, those things in life. Um, and so that's how, that's how I would challenge you. Wow. Minister. Thank you so much for joining us. I love that challenge. And that's right in line with the, the wonderful experience, right? That journey. You have to look within yourself and find that trauma, find that hurt, and you have to deal with it to let it go. And like you said, once you deal with it, you'll never forget. And um, And I've heard this multiple times that we go through things not for ourselves, but to help others. And, and that's why I've inspired like servant leaderships, the terms like servant leadership. I'm, <laughs> I'm a leader, but I'm a servant and I'm here to serve Absolutely. others. And so I thank you so much again for joining us. And now I always ask our listeners to do our affirmations. And so repeat after me. I am wonderful. I am wonderful. I am powerful. I am powerful. And I am grateful. And I am grateful. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember to write in your journals what you're grateful for, what you're inspiring for, how you've already made some steps in your transformation. I love you guys. See you next month.